feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. Breaking news. And tonight on the Rita Cosby Show, some stunning allegations coming in in the last few hours from FBI whistleblowers to Congress. And I can't wait to get your reaction tonight on these details because to me, this is really damning. There are FBI whistleblowers that have come to Senator Ron Johnson and also Senator Chuck Grassley, two very seasoned senators who have been there in Congress for a long time. And these are not necessarily conspiracy guys. These are guys who are just following the facts. And as we have reported here on the show, there are more than a dozen FBI whistleblowers uh, up to 1718. And now Ron Johnson, the senator, sending a letter to the DOJ inspector general in the last few hours, basically saying that whistleblowers were told not to follow the Hunter Biden investigation and that the FBI, after it obtained the very controversial Hunter Biden laptop, as we know from that Wilmington, Delaware computer shop, these whistleblowers state that local FBI leadership told employees, quote, you will not look at that Hunter Biden laptop and that the FBI, the FBI is not going to change the outcome of the election again, referring to the impact that it had on the 2016 election when then FBI director James Comey came out and looked into Hillary Clinton And the FBI said, oh, well, we don't want to get into politics again. And so what did they do? They buried the investigation. And apparently they're still burying the Hunter Biden investigation. But this is really serious stuff because now we are hearing from senior level FBI officials and officials at the DOJ coming forward on record with Congress saying that they know for a fact that they and others were told to bury the Hunter Biden laptop investigation, that they don't want to interfere with politics. This also comes on the heels when there was that report that other FBI informants said that they were told to basically categorize that investigation as, quote, Russian disinformation. Don't look into that. That can't be serious. Or don't look into that. That would interfere with politics. Either way, downplaying the president's son and that extremely controversial laptop, which every time I hear what's on it, it makes me blush because, boy, there's a lot on that laptop. And think about the double standards that exist with that, because not only are we hearing of the suppression now from credible senior level officials at FBI and DOJ telling The record, basically, members of Congress who are now telling the Inspector General Michael Horowitz, you better as heck look into this. This is serious stuff. Like you're suppressing something. And this comes at the same time as we're waiting to hear what's going to happen with the Trump raid investigation of the FBI. So let me get this straight. They're fast tracking the Trump investigation. And we're going to get to details in a moment where how 
basically the White House waived executive privilege. This current White House waived executive privilege and jump-started that FBI investigation of President Trump. But when it comes to President Biden, they're slow walking it and making up a whole bunch of different excuses. Oh, it's Russian disinformation. We can't interfere with the elections. Let's not look into this. Let's wait until after the 2020 elections. Why don't we wait till 2080, right? I mean, this to me is so unbelievable. And to me, it just shows such an outrageous double standard. If you got nothing to hide, why were you suppressing it, first of all, as we know, on social media, from the social media companies? And now we're hearing the suppression actually took place also in our FBI. And that, to me, saddens me. And as an American citizen, we have to have faith in our FBI. We have to have faith. At what's going on. So what's your reaction to the fact that now this is serious? And I say bravo to Senator Johnson and also Senator Chuck Grassley for bringing this up and demanding that the FBI inspector general take a look at this. I mean, this is so serious that agents were told, wait, we don't want to interfere, interfere with, quote, an election. We don't want to look into the president's son. Let's wait until after the 2022 elections or let's wait until after this election. It seems like each election, let's wait till the next one. And yet it seems like they can't wait one moment to hold off on any sort of raid or investigation to President Trump. Boy, are there two double standards. And to me, this is outrageous. What's your reaction, everybody? one 800 848 Let's go to David in Los Angeles on line two. Go ahead, David. Kamala Harris, you're on deck. They've been saying all along they're going to get rid of Joe Biden right around this time. He's not going to finish the term. And so now it's starting because let me ask you this, Rita. These 12 FBI agents, they knew about this all along. Isn't the timing interesting? They're waiting till just now. Goodbye, Joe. We hardly got to know you. Wow. You know, David, you bring up a superb point. Like, why did they just wait until now? Is it because the heat's on the FBI on, and they're seeing, maybe they're seeing, gosh, look what happened with President Trump. We got to speak up about this. Or what do you make of the fact that these allegations is you, that's a great point of yours, that they're coming to light now, that they waited until this moment. Do you think it's because they're seeing the hypocrisy as we are? Oh, heck no. It's not because of the Trump thing. I'm saying it's because it's time for Joe to go. And oh, that, they, that, that, that they're just fed up with him, right? That they just want to get rid of Joe. Is it Joe's that bad that even internally they want to combust him? Yeah, well, the plan was all haven't we been saying all along he's not going to finish the term. He's not going to finish the term. And so some people want him out. Kamala Harris probably wants him out. You know, politics is very dirty. It's like a game of rugby. Everybody's a backstabber. So, yeah, the decision's been made. Joe, you got to go. Very. I don't think he can survive this. That's interesting, David. I like where you're going in terms of the thinking of what's really behind this, because that is correct. They clearly knew about this for some time, and yet they waited. David from L.A., thank you very much. Let's go to Greg, line three. Greg, your thoughts. Hi, Rita. I guarantee, I don't think that they were looking for any information that implicate Donald Trump in anything. I think they were looking for uh, information that Donald Trump may have on all of these dirty, filthy Democrats that would implicate them. They were just trying to cover their asses. That's all they were doing. And I think Donald Trump is smart enough to put all of that stuff, because I know he had it, 
somewhere else. They didn't get anything. Or they're, a copy. They know they were in trouble. Or a they copy. They know they were in trouble. You know, and Greg, you're obviously talking to the materials that were taken during the raid. Uh, this is fascinating. By the way, I was watching, and there have been a couple reports of this. I don't, we don't know this to be fact, so I want to condition it. Um, but there are a couple reports that maybe some of the documents that President Trump had there and why he maybe didn't want to hand it over, first of all, A, as we're hearing him claiming it's executive privilege, but also that it related to the Russia hoax, which would have exonerated him and shown dirty tricks on the other side. Um, so that would be a bombshell if they went in to try to get rid of the evidence, is what you're saying. Um, I wouldn't put anything past these people after what we've seen. Right, Greg? Yep. And not, Trump is a smart guy. He, you know, he would have he would have thought a step ahead of them. I'm just some stupid guy. I, and I no, you're of, not. You're you're no, actually I, smart, Greg. You're you've got you I may you may it. be on the money, my friend. Thank you very yeah. much, Greg. You may be right on the money. Uh, let's go to Mark uh, in Long Island. Actually, line four. Go ahead, Mark. Hey, Rita, I, I wanted to echo a bit about what you just said about the double standards because it makes me sick. Uh, I, you got this gold mine of information on this laptop that we've heard nothing about. You don't hear it about it in the media. You don't hear about it anywhere. But you know it's just sitting there waiting to be investigated, and they're just sitting on their thumbs twiddling. In the meantime, you got the whole Mar-a-Lago thing going on, and everybody's going nuts. It doesn't make any sense. Well, it makes, sadly, it makes sense if they intentionally want to have it sit there, you know, just like you said, for no other reason, because what other reason would it be? Because it's so blatant, like you just said, we can all see it. it. It's so obvious what's on that tape and not just on, I'm talking about all the different tapes of him and all the, you know, you got yeah. the prostitutes, you got the money uh, to China and Russia and, you know, and you got the mayor of Moscow's wife and you got the, you know, the gun issues, you got the drug issues. It's like, what else do we not know about? And yet they're raiding Mar-a-Lago on an yeah. archives, on a national archives document. Yeah. It's like. It's like, okay, he crossed the street improperly, so we're going to arrest him. But he robbed a bank, and we're going to ignore that. You know, I mean, it it just, it's insane. I was with a buddy just uh, two or three weeks ago before the whole Trump craziness. And I was, was, we were talking about the laptop, and I said, where are we on this thing? You know, why, they've had it for months. Where, Where are we? I don't know. No one knows. Well, and by the way, Mark, as we are talking about drugs, this is my favorite Hunter Biden comment. Um, And this he said himself, as you'll hear during the interview, where he was so high, he couldn't figure out the difference between a carpet and Parmesan cheese um, and other stuff, uh, stuff up the nose. So I'll leave it at that. But take a listen, because, boy, is this a troubled guy? Take a listen. You know, I spent more time on my hands and knees picking through rugs um, smoking anything that re- even remotely resembled crack cocaine. I probably smoked more Parmesan cheese than anyone, <laughs> anyone that you know. And that is the president's son. And by the way, Mark, remember, President Biden always says, I knew nothing of his business deals, even though they've been on flights together. You know, he flew yeah. over to China. He's in golfing with the guy. And he also has called that guy who certainly sounds like a troubled young man, uh, clearly, and I think probably continues to be. Um, And he's clearly had some questionable business deals. That's the nicest thing I can say. 
Um, he is the smartest man that Joe knows. That's what Joe has said about his son, Hunter. I mean, that's scary. Crazy. Thank you for taking my call. I love your show. Thank you, Mark, and I love your call. Thank you very much. Let's go to Alex, line five. Alex, your thoughts. Hey, thanks for taking the call. Actually, I don't think that overall the Democratic politicians, certainly not the low-level Democratic politicians, would want Joe Biden to leave his presidency before his term is over because now they have a chance to, you know, tell the president what to do, and he has to go by everybody's ideas and agendas. He has to follow the radicals, the moderates. If, if somebody else steps in that's, you know, say a moderate, that, that person's going to go by their own agenda and not by the party's agenda. And so the only ones that would want Joe Biden out of office might be President Obama wants specific things to go through and not other things to happen um, in this term. But I think as a, a simple congressperson or senator, they, they would want Joe Biden to remain in power so that they could tell him, either you do what we want or we're going to impeach you. That's a great point because he clearly, you know, I mean, think about all the times, Alex, when he's on the podium and he's like, oh, I'm going to get in trouble if I answer this question or I'm going to get in trouble. They told me not to go here or where do I sit? What do I do? So clearly he's being directed by somebody sure. or individuals. You're right. So it, in he's a way. Rules from all the sides. Yeah. Everybody in a way. Giving him rules. Right, right. To have, whole, yeah, to have somebody who's malleable, that's, that's kind of a good thing. If you have somebody who has a mind of their own, uh, then, then you can't run them, right? Absolutely. Yeah, that's fascinating. You're right. Alex, thank you very much. Let's go to Pete in Staten Island, line one. Go ahead, Pete. Hi, Rita. I am at the Bogata. I saw the air show today. It was brilliant. Ooh, oh my God. And by the way, are you at are you at the Borgata in Atlantic City? Yes, I'm on the twenty sixth floor. What a view. And then we thought a plane was gonna come right through the window. We actually <laughs> ran out well, of the hallway. Well you don't want that, but those air shows are great. By the way, I am totally jealous. I had a feeling that you were there. Are you gambling, Pete? Or what are you doing? <laughs> I'm gambling. Am I breathing? If I'm breathing, I'm gambling. You know, uh, definitely, yeah. Oh, I, 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 no, I love Atlantic City and the Borgata is awesome. So lucky you. Now, what do you make about the fact that the FBI clearly, in this case, according to multiple senior level FBI whistleblowers, not like, you know, a neighbor or a friend of a friend, uh, telling Congress and then writing to the inspector general demanding an investigation that they clearly were suppressing the Hunter Biden investigation for a million different reasons, it seems like, other than pursuing it. Well, I guess because this guy is the president. After, even though he looks like he's half dead, they're afraid to prosecute his uh, baby son, his crack addict son, which I listen, it's an addiction. I'm not making fun of it, but this is not to be about, you know, national security and everything. This is wrong. This is wrong. Deals with other government, foreign governments. And what are they doing? They're going after President Trump for what they're doing. It's like a smokescreen here. No, and that's the whole point. I agree with you, Pete. It's that double standard of, you know, they seem to like whatever the case is about Trump, they go after him. It's on National Archives. I've never heard Again, ever, and all the time I've covered politics and I've covered these National Archives documents, I have never seen where it got to the point of a raid or like a criminal investigation. You know, it's crazy. And yet 
when you look at all the stuff, as you just said, between the crack and the women and the guns and the money, I mean, there's a lot to look into with Hunter Biden. You could probably put 100 investigators on there and still need a couple of years. They'd be like, boy, look at that shot. Oh, my God. Oh my, you know, they'd have to like tell their wives, oh, no, I didn't look at the video. I didn't. I didn't. I mean, it's crazy stuff. And yet that's getting a pass for now a million different reasons. And the American public deserves to know. Um, and clearly this guy, you, you know, suddenly you're telling me all these like rogue leaders and rogue individuals who are dealing with this guy and hiring him. They're not hiring him uh, because he's the smartest guy on the block, like Joe says he is. They're hiring him clearly to get access to the father. And the question is, did they get more than access? Was there a payoff? I mean, we don't know all the details, but I think the American public deserve to know. When we come back, I'm going to continue with your calls, everybody, with this blockbuster report. 1-800-848-9222. And you're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. The Rita Cosby Show. It's The Rita Cosby Show. Some blockbuster details elevating a potential Hunter Biden investigation, I should say shutdown, because now two Republican members of Congress, Ron Johnson, also Chuck Grassley, sending a letter to the DOJ Inspector General Michael Horowitz, bringing forth these new whistleblower claims coming from senior FBI agents and DOJ officials saying that they are aware of the laptop, that they had it, and that they were basically told internally, wait, we should not by any means have any impact on the elections. We shouldn't look into this. Um, And also others told it was, quote, Russian disinformation. By the way, uh, the inspector general has already said previously to these two senators that he doesn't want to do anything that would conflict with the ongoing investigation of Hunter Biden into his tax affairs. Isn't that an interesting development? So it's like, okay, we're not going to look into Hunter Biden because of Russian disinformation. We don't believe it. And that's why they suppressed it even before the 2020 election. All right, next, we're not going to look into it because we don't want to conflict with the 2020 or a future election or the midterm elections. Uh, 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 We don't want that. And now here's the third option. We don't want to look into it because there's an ongoing investigation into Hunter Biden's tax affairs. It's like, which excuse do you believe? Either way, they feel that they are internally being told, don't follow this up. And also, they said it's coming all the way from a senior FBI agent at the Bureau's Washington field office that he is basically given the message. Could that be politics? What a surprise. The Washington office. Wow. Sure sounds interesting to me. And yet they can't wait to investigate President Trump. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to George on line six. George, your thoughts about this. Hi, Rita. Thank you for letting me in before Stan the man comes in. I'm sure he's in the queue somewhere. You know what? You know what? Not yet, but he might be after you, George. So go ahead. (laughs) You might inspire him. All right. Okay. Um, This is why we don't trust the DOJ. I mean, for six years now, the Democrats and the DOJ, to me, remind me of Wiley Coyote. 
they always think they got Trump, which is the roadrunner, and then they keep blowing themselves up or falling off a cliff. Where is the tangible evidence that Adam Schiff said he had about the Russia hoax? I've still yet to seen, I've never seen this evidence yet, but he said it was tangible, something you could hold on to. Right. And, and by the way, George, so clearly, it? clearly it doesn't exist, because believe me, if Adam Schiff had it, he would have put it forth during all the impeachment proceedings and everything else against Trump. And you're right. He doesn't have it. Um, clearly, there wasn't anything. And in fact, there are now reports that some of the documents and again, these are just reports, not confirmed, but there are reports that some of the documents that were at Mar-a-Lago actually helped exonerate Trump. And he had information of that. And showing that other people were basically trying to set him up. I mean, either way, it clearly fell all apart. We know that the whole premise for it, the Pfizer warrant, was basically a lie. And that's why we need to see the affidavit tied to this warrant. And then yet you got Hunter Biden doing like everything your mother told you never to do at once. You know, it's like, oh, my gosh. We're going to continue with your calls. And Biden talks about the Trump raid that after the break. Rita Cosby is on. The Rita Cosby Show presents Back the Blue. And in tonight's Back the Blue segment, which I love doing every night here on the show, where we get to honor our great officers and also their families. I love this story. It just shows that police get called on all different assignments. And this one coming from Lansing, Michigan. Uh, where sometimes even the best tree climbers climb too high. But thankfully, when that happened to one little boy back in June, Lansing Police Department Officer Glenn Briggs was there to save the day, and he's been honored for his help on this assignment. Now, Officer Briggs was responding to a separate call in a neighborhood in that area when he drove past a group of kids playing. He said he was just back there, and he had his windows down looking for a vehicle that supposedly had damage from an accident, but he didn't find the car. He did find something else. Briggs recalled the kids shouting, police, help, help, help. And one of the kids says, our friend is stuck up in the tree. So I looked up and sure enough, 20 or so feet up in the tree, there was a kid who had gotten stuck and could not figure out how to get back down. So Officer Briggs put his other mission on hold and he climbed up the tree to help the 10-year-old boy navigate his way down. Roughly 10 minutes later, both of their feet were back on the ground safely. And in his five years as an officer, Briggs said this was the first child he has saved from a tree. He said having these individual positive contacts with police and the community builds trust and builds relationships between the community and the police department. What a powerful story and a beautiful story about the incredible work and the different work that our officers often get called to do on a daily basis. Well, we are talking about the fact that now FBI whistleblowers are speaking out and saying that the FBI deliberately dragged its feet on the Hunter Biden investigation and told agents coming from the senior top down not to look into the Hunter Biden laptop. That is a stunning allegation, and that is now in writing, put by Ron Johnson. He sent it just a few hours ago to the DOJ Inspector General, and that is Michael Horowitz, who's the DOJ Inspector General for many years now. And Ron Johnson and Chuck Grassley say this must be looked into immediately. So let's see what Horowitz does 
because there are now different reasons. They first said, well, they didn't want to impact an election. Now they're also saying, well, they didn't thought it was Russia uh, disinformation. But yet they couldn't wait to jumpstart President Trump. I mean, that's what is so stunning. The double standards to me, you guys, is just disgusting. And this comes as just a little bit ago, uh, Peter Ducey asked Joe Biden, asked the president at the White House unveiling of the student loan issue, which we're going to get to later on in the show, because boy, is that a walloping amount. Well, Peter Ducey asked the question to the president, the question we've all been waiting to at least get partial answer for. And he said, you know what? Did you know anything about the raid of Mar-a-Lago? Did you have any advance notice? Take a listen to this exchange. Mr. President, how much advance notice did you have of the FBI's plan to search Mar-a-Lago? I didn't have any advance notice. None. Zero. Not one single bit. Now, maybe that's true about the raid, that he had no knowledge, okay, they're going to go in on a raid today or they're going to go in on a raid, you know, in the next few hours. That very well may be true. And unfortunately, Peter couldn't get in the second question, which I think clearly should have been. And hopefully the next time the president's in front of the press, which is a very rare occurrence these days because they're afraid of what he is going to say, that the next question is, well, did you know about the investigation? Did you or anybody in the White House know about the investigation? He makes it sound like we had no clue. We had no idea. We had no this. And by the way, that is a lie. That the White House clearly did know something of the investigation. What he said about the raid, that may be correct. Maybe they didn't know about the raid. Maybe had zero knowledge about the raid. Maybe that's correct. Maybe even the White House itself had zero knowledge of a raid. But they clearly knew of an investigation, and they've kind of pretended like they knew zero, that they had no idea, that they're so separate. They had no clue whatsoever. And that is not true. Based on reporting that happened here on this show, John Solomon, remember, a couple nights ago came out and his stunning report that is now being covered by everybody basically saying that the DOJ and White House were working together and that they absolutely played a role, that he waived executive privilege. So in other words, those documents that the National Archives wanted, that if he said, no, 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 I'm not going to have, you know, I'm not going to waive executive privilege. I'm not going to, which is what every other president has done. They've always preserved executive privilege. They've always said, you know, give deference to a prior president to decide it. No, Joe Biden waived it, thereby allowing the National Archives to fast track documents to the FBI to hence quick up and speed up an investigation of Trump. So are you hearing two different levels of standard? My goodness. Well, here's a little bit more, again, of John Solomon the other night talking about how the White House and DOJ clearly were working together. It's very interesting to see. We saw this sort of Democrats with the FBI, with the media and the Democrats in Congress all colluding together during the Russia case. And now you see it again. You see a National Archives, some bureaucrats at the National Archives, some bureaucrats at the Justice Department working together with the Democratic White House and the White House Counsel for Joe Biden trying to uh, start a criminal investigation. At the beginning, when the the National Archives got these 15 boxes of records back in February of uh, 2022, it was clear to the Trump people they thought they were dealing with administrative oversight. Little did they know that on the other side of the fence, 
they were thinking criminal. Nearly out of the bat, way before we had any sense that this was a criminal investigation, the Biden White House, the Justice Department, the FBI, the National Archives were thinking this was going criminal. And I think that's going to shock people when they see the timeline. We added into it. And the grand jury investigation begins two days after the National Archives informs President Trump's lawyers that they have waived his privilege. So that opened the door for the grand jury investigation to get off to a running start. Uh, And Joe Biden's and his team are right in the middle of that entire dynamic. And the White House counsel's office had to waive the privilege. And you don't just waive a privilege without checking with the president of the United States. It's not the White House privilege. It's actually the privilege of the president. So you're not just going to waive a privilege and not talk to the president of the United States to confer that that's indeed what he wants to do. So there had to be some discussion. Again, he may be correct about no warning, no advance warning of the raid. But if the White House, as we know, they have said, oh, they had no clue whatsoever. They didn't know anything about the investigation. They didn't know anything about the raid. That's the White House comments. That is absolutely false. And and I you got to like, you know, I'll buy you a bridge in Brooklyn if you can believe that, you know, suddenly the president would not be aware, but they waived executive privilege without telling him. No way. No way in heck. That is not true. So now clearly they are aware. So the next question has to be when President Biden makes himself available, which who knows when that's going to be, because it doesn't seem to be very often is when did you know? Did you know there was an investigation? Why did you waive executive privilege? Were you hoping to hasten this investigation? Did you know it was leading to criminal investigation? There's a lot of questions. And here's a little bit more from John Solomon the other night on our show talking about it. As the Justice Department was ramping up and getting close to starting a grand jury investigation, which started in mid-May, The uh, president, uh, through his uh, counsel's office, the White House counsel's office, President Biden, gave permission to tell the archives, you can waive President Trump's claims of executive privilege. That short-circuited the FBI and the Justice Department having to go to court and, and try to pierce the privilege that Donald Trump might claim. Instead, Joe Biden just eviscerated the privilege and said, you can have at the documents. And then within a couple of days of that decision being made, a grand jury was convened. Within a few weeks of that, a grand jury subpoena was served upon the president of the United States. And within a couple of months of that, a search warrant was searched. Joe Biden and his White House counsel's office and his White House are directly involved at the ignition point of this criminal investigation. So, boy, are there a lot of questions for this president. And I want to play again to see if you think that he is being fully revealing. How's that for a nice way to say it? Here's Peter Ducey again asking Biden the question just a few minutes ago if he knew anything about the raid. Mr. President, how much advance notice did you have of the FBI's plan to search Mar-a-Lago? I didn't have any advance notice. None. Zero. Not one single bit. None, nada, not one single bit. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Stan calling in from Forest Hills, line seven. Go ahead, Stan, your thoughts. You like to play it both sides from the middle, lady. I listened to you. Oh, he knew, but he didn't know. I I think he didn't know. He said I probably... Come on, get over that routine. Wait a minute. Wait, hang no, on, no, hang on. Oh, hang on. Stan, Stan, Stan. You play both ends from the middle. Well, you know what? I, fine, you know what? But at least admit I, it. I like to be fair, and I also am being fair in this case, where I clearly said the president says he didn't know, and he may not have known about the raid. 
I've, I've given him that. I thought you'd be happy that I gave him a chit there, you know. Um, but, Stan, you have to be kidding me if the White House says they didn't know anything. That is a bunch of hogwash, Stan. We know from reports and we know from documents, not even just John Solomon's reports, the National Archives released documents this week that show that there was communication with them and the White House Counsel's Office, the Deputy White House Counsel. You're telling me some underling at the White House just waived executive privilege on behalf of the president without any discussion? That That's, that's insanity. But go ahead, Stan. The Attorney General and the FBI are handling this investigation. Okay? So we better pray. Wait a minute. Can we I better finish? pray. We better Can pray. I finish? Yes, you may, my friend. Thank Go you, ahead. Thank you, you may. So you may. The Queen of ABC. Thank you. Thank you. The, 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 the King Caller. Go ahead. Oh, please. Give me a break. <laughs> anyway, I want to thank that guy who called before. He's waiting for me in the queue. That's, that's, that's something. Did anyway. you hear that, by the way? Yes, and, I did. And, I, and, thank you, sir. And I'll, you'll probably regret that. For, after no, but, but, but it'll be a nice regret. No, so go ahead. Me. Anyway, so <laughs> I think. Uh, the president did not know anything, and, I, and of course, here's the point. He has to stay out of this totally, okay? This is strictly the attorney general and the FBI, whether you agree with it or not. You've been going, again, you go on both sides. So my point is the president, he said he didn't know. I believe him, and I think you said you believe him, but you don't know that you believe him. You said maybe, yeah, blah, blah. So uh, I think the president is doing exactly the right thing. Is he in the loop? Is anybody telling him anything about it? How could he not know what's going on? On this point, he, he sees the news. He watches television. Obviously, he sees what's going on. I mean, even if they don't tell him, you and I both know. He may listen to the radio, maybe watch his TV. So he has to know to some extent what's going on. But I want to get back to your friend Hunter Biden. Hunter Biden. My friend, he's your friend. Not my friend. I look, hey. You love Biden. You love anything I, I Biden. I like Joe. I don't necessarily have to like the son. But no, here's but, my no, point. But, but Stan, hang on. The son is the smartest person that uh, Joe Biden kidding? knows. That's what Joe Biden said. Uh, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Okay, yeah, I mean, do the, you agree? Is the guy is Hunter Biden the smartest person in the world? I think uh, you're the smartest person in the world. Thank Forget you. That's him. the that's the correct answer. Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> no, but quickly, but quickly, because I know you got to talk quickly. Uh, Donald Trump had four years to go after this while he was president. He had four years. He had the attorney general bar. He could have gone after it. I mean, he went after, you know, Joe Biden, he lost. He lost. Uh, why didn't he go after him while he was president? And he did nothing. If what they say is true about Hunter, and it could be, I'm again, where was Donald Trump and uh, attorney general bar? They were nowhere to be seen. They had it. They had the power. They did nothing. Maybe there wasn't anything to go after, but maybe there is. Now the Republicans are talking. But where were they four years ago? Stan, Let's be Stan, honest, General Barr. Hang on. Stan, do you look at a clock? Okay, do you look at a calendar? Because it basically emerged right before the 2020 election. That's really when it really took root, and that's when the New York Post started breaking all those stories. And guess what happened to the New York Post? It got suppressed on social media. And there were people who said after the election, Democrats, your buddies, the Democrats afterwards, who said they might have voted differently had they known this information. Because remember, he was asked about it in the debate and, and it was kind of like, oh, no, I don't know anything about it. It just started emerging in 2020. So there was nothing Trump could do about it. He wasn't president after that. You know, I would have. I could have. I should have. I heard that routine before. They had information if they did. They knew something was going on. If there was, 
could have gone after him then. They like, didn't the have, they, they the didn't have, they, and by the way, you're right. In hindsight, I, I agree with you. Although the time was so limited that they had, he just remember it really was literally around October of 2020. And of course the election happens in November and there was quite a bit of turmoil, I would say, between November and January 20th. You're right. Had Trump uh, overthrown the election, then he would have gone after Biden's son. So uh, thank God Donald Trump did not do that. And he'll, he has other problems he has to worry about. But, Sam, you've got to admit there is a, a total double standard here. No, you know, no. the fact that the fa- – oh, Stan, you with know uh, – With Joe Biden or with the kid? I'm talking about with the kid because the question is related to the reason people care about the kid. I and, and I feel sorry for anybody who's dealing with drugs or any of those things. But I don't feel sorry for somebody who's taking money at the behalf of – of their father, who was the vice president and now the president, and a lot of questionable issues. So, And the fact that they can't wait. Now we're finding from FBO whistleblowers, they suppressed it. They they suppressed it for a number of reasons, and they couldn't wait to go after Trump. Uh, so that's a double standard, Stan. Come on. Uh, if there's a, a, a money trail that this guy took money on millions and hundreds of millions. There is. There is. Let let them find it because I don't think there is. I don't think Joe Biden is taking a damn dime from anybody. Well, and and we don't know. We just know. We know for a fact the son has. The question is. uh, I don't know that for a fact. Oh, we do. We do. He was making. Rita Cosby does. By the way, the rest of the world does other than you, it seems. The the question is, Stan. Let him go after him. I'm for that. The question is. The question is whether the father was on the take. And, of course, there's the references to the big guy, but undisputably, the bro- the son did. There's no question. The son received an enormous amount of money. That's why he's being investigated for tax fraud and all this other stuff right now, which is all fact. The question is, who else was sharing in the cut and why were they paying this guy, who we both agree is uh, got a screw loose, uh, why were they paying him so much money? But, Stan, I love you. Thank you. Great call. We'll continue with your calls, everybody. 1-800-848-9222. It's the Rita Cosby Show. This is the Rita Cosby Show. And you are listening to the Rita Cosby Show. We are definitely talking about the double standards of justice. Stan needs to do a little more research because, yes, Hunter Biden has taken in millions upon millions, and they're not buying him for his, uh, let's just say his naked proclivities. <laughs> you know, They're not buying him for his brain either. So I'm trying to figure out why they're paying him such big money. And the big question is, did it go towards, quote, the big guy? And is the big guy President Biden? And you've got... The president's son, the current president's son, taking in huge money from rogue individuals like the former mayor of Moscow's wife and others. And that's getting a free pass, according to whistleblowers at the FBI, who are seeing what we can all see with our own plain eyes, that there is a total double standard of justice. And yet President Trump, over National Archives documents that go back and forth all the time, well, you know what? No, they're raiding his home. And meanwhile, Hunter's flying on Air Force One with Daddy on vacation and everywhere else. And Biden's like, oh, I have no clue. I have no idea about any of these details in terms of Trump. That is just way too hard to believe. one 800 
two, two. Let's go to uh, Valeria in Florida, line three. Go ahead, Valeria. Hey, Rita. Thank you so much for your fantastic energy because you're keeping us going because our country is going through a really bad, um, you know, situation right here. This is my take on the matter. President Trump is a threat to these people, okay, the Democratic machine. He's a threat to them. And the, the reason why they went and did the raid was because he's a threat, and they've got to stop the threat in any way. The, the callers who said maybe he has dirt on the Democratic machine, you know, they want to manufacture dirt on Trump, whatever it is, he's a threat. The FBI violated the 1978 Presidential Records Act. They cited some ridiculous federal law that they claimed gave them the right to go in there for the raid, and they were wrong. That 1978 act is um, solid gold. It trumps the law that they cited. And by the way, Valeria, by the way, just so other people, because there was an op-ed in the Wall Street Journal by two constitutional scholars saying exactly what you said, that the president basically has the right to waive executive privilege no matter what, anytime, as long as he's the sitting president. And because of that, no matter what they're saying over what's classified, what isn't, if he took them with him and he believes they're declassified, they're declassified. So you're right. It's like, but so they went in on this fishing expedition to try to get whatever, and yet they won't even go, uh, like, you know, going looking for minnows with Hunter Biden. You know, I mean, that's the thing. This double standard, Valeria, is is stunning. You know, it's like we see the video. I mean, it's like, is there anything else? And yet they're going after Trump over a national archives. I mean, the hypocrisy is unbelievable, Valeria. What are your thoughts? Absolutely. And you talked about the, the new whistleblower. Okay, that's fine. But where is the whistleblower that knows about the dirty details of this illegal raid? Yeah, that, yeah, that, by the way, that's a good point where, yeah, let's find out and maybe we'll find out soon uh, if there is such a person, because you're right. Be interesting if somebody comes forward and says, hey, I was in a meeting where blank, blank and blank was discussed or I was on the meeting and I know that uh, the president or somebody from the White House counsel's office said, please go ahead with this. I mean, who knows? Um, but you're right. That could. Oh, boy. I, I love where you're going, Valeria, because there probably is something there, uh, because we know that they now did check with the White House to get some details. Thanks, Valeria, very much. Let's go to Jay real quick. Line six. Jay, your thoughts. I think that uh, Democrats are very happy right now, Rita, because they like that Trump raid has gotten everything centered on that and off of, you know, real high inflation, like really, truly closer to 30 percent inflation. I think you could make an argument across the board and the border and the fake Green Deal where they should just use like admissions control systems to clean that up. But obviously, that's not the point of that. No, you're, you know, Jay, you know, you're right. Um, You're right that they are happy that the focus is on all these other things, although Uh, After the break, we're going to talk about what might come out tomorrow in the affidavit. It's a huge day potentially in court. Let's see what the judge releases. And also the student loan debt. Just what we need, more inflation. America, we are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. By honoring your career calling, 
You impact your family, your friends, and your community. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. Feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. I know your name is Rita, cause your perfume is smelling sweeter. And you see it everywhere when you go to the store, uh, you're going to the gas station, prices are skyrocketing. So what does President Biden do? He adds more to the inflation. First, they did the so-called Inflation Reduction Act, which is certainly up for debate. That's why I call it the so-called. And what he just did a few hours ago is definitely not going to help your pocketbook um, in the sense that when you erase debt, Somebody has to pay for it, and they don't know where that somebody and where that fund is coming from. And that's a big question because he alleviated student debt. Uh, It helps 43 million borrowers, but he's basically saying the rest of us, everybody else, has to pay for it. And it's a price tag of $300 billion. Really great. And why do you think he might be doing this? Surprise, surprise. Could it be because if you look at his approval ratings among 18 to 21-year-olds, his approval ratings are, you know, quite low. They're in the 30s and 40s, depending on the poll. There was one poll that I just saw a little bit ago. It gave him a 53. Another one was like a 58% disapproval number among young people who typically vote Democratic. So could it be that it's right before the midterms and they would love young people to get out and vote because they'll do anything to get them to vote, including basically, quote, buy their vote? Well, take a listen to Judge Janine Pirro. This is what she had to say about this. This is about the fact that Joe Biden wants to get reelected. He knows that 53 percent of people who are under the age of 35 uh, disapprove of him. And this is one of the ways that he wants to get their vote. He wants to buy their vote. And she says it is not fair for other families who had to figure out how to pay off student loans. By the way, I had a student loan. You know, my family didn't have, you know, all that much money. And I paid. I remember the day I paid off my student loan. I was like, hallelujah. It was the best feeling in the world. I think I bought a round of drinks. I would have even bought Stan a drink had I known him then. That's how happy I was. And maybe even Teddy, too. Right. But. So now you're going to like wave it for people right now. And what happens to the people who already paid it? Do we get money retroactive? Do all of us get it retroactive? Unfortunately, No. And that's why Judge Janine and many others are really angry about this and have a right to be. Maybe he's coddling and trying to get the votes from some people, but he's going to get a lot of people saying this ain't fair. Take a listen. What about the senior citizens? You know, what about the veterans? What about the people who really need it? No, this is part of a socialist state. This is part of the state. And Jesse, you're right about the concept of the ideology. Putting these kids through the universities, indoctrinating them, making the universities rich, making the rest of us pay for it. My heart bleeds for the people who actually went out and paid for their loans, who went without things, whose families said, I'm sorry, we can't afford to pay for your loans. This is a giveaway and it's disgusting. 
It is disgusting. And by the way, later on in the hour, in about 10 minutes or so, we are going to be talking to the great economist from FreedomWorks, also the Heritage Foundation. He also is a radio host on WABC Radio on Saturdays. Steve Moore is going to be joining us to give us his take. Is it fair? Is it politics? And are they literally buying votes, which, by the way, is illegal. It could end up in the Supreme Court and get thrown out. But by the time it gets to the Supreme Court... Boy, what a surprise. The midterm elections will have passed. So you get the punch and you get the coddling politically. And even if it gets thrown out later, you still get the votes maybe in November that he's hoping to get. So to me, there is it's absolutely illegal. It's immoral and it's unconstitutional. We're going to be talking about that and speaking about law school and law stuff, because tomorrow is going to be an enormous day. We're waiting to see what the judge may or may not release in the affidavit that was used to justify the raid for Donald Trump's Mar-a-Lago. And this is what Tom Dupree, former assistant AG, said on Fox earlier today, believing that some of it may get released as early as tomorrow. I think the judge is going to give us a few words, Neil, and that's it. I think the document is going to be heavily blacked out, heavily redacted. We may get an and or a the or a therefore here and there, but it's going to be pretty slim pickings, and all of us are going to be pouring over what is released, kind of trying to read tea leaves and reading between the lines and figuring out what's been blacked out. So maybe we'll just get an A and a the or something else, but he is inclined that the judge will release some of it, and it could happen as early as tomorrow because uh, Department of Justice has until noon to hand in their redactions, and the judge looks at it and could make a decision again as early as tomorrow. We could find out maybe some details that led to this unprecedented raid of Mar-a-Lago. And, of course, it comes, as we were just reporting the big news tonight, that whistleblowers, a number of them at a high level at the FBI, are saying that for multiple moments, multiple times, we're talking about like right before the 2020 election, then after the election, and even up to present day, that internally within the FBI, they are, quote, suppressing intentionally Hunter Biden's laptop investigation. Boy, does this stink of high heaven and also just of double standards. 1 800 848 9222. 1 800 848 9222. Let's go to BJ, line two in Queens. Go ahead, BJ, your thoughts. Hey, hey Rita, great show. So all you need to do is read two books uh, Laptop from Hell from Miranda Devine and uh, Red Handed by Peter Schweitzer, two of the last. Two of a handful of of, uh, investigative journalists that have all the data on this, and you know the significance of these events. If these events had come out and were – rather than be suppressed, were discussed, and the American people were given the fair chance of looking at these facts and deciding for themselves, the outcome of the 2020 election would have been very different. But it doesn't surprise me that another dumpster fire is lit, and that is a $300 billion dumpster fire to give away the money in August so we can buy the votes. You know, you went to school. I went to school. I was a grown-up when I went to school. 
I was 18 years old. I signed paperwork that said I would take out a certain amount of money, and I'm responsible for that money. That is to say, I'm responsible to pay it back. I took it out for the purpose of paying for my education. In addition to that, I had to work horrible jobs for nasty people that took a lot of my free time away. I had to study well into the night, all because I needed money to pay for my education. My story is one of millions of stories, as is yours. Yep, and, but, yet, and you resent it, right? You resent that suddenly he's waving the wand and saying, I, I mean, think about this. You know what's amazing, BJ? Think about um, if, say, Donald Trump said, you know what, um, you know, while he's president or, or, you know, up to the midterms, you know, when he was there, what if he said, you know what, I'm going to go to all the swing states um, where I really need to get votes or where my party does, and I'm going to make sure that I need to do better with, you know, African-American women, you know, age blank, blank, and I'm going to give all of them $10,000 check in the mail in just those swing states. The, the country would go crazy. You know what I mean? It's like, but that's, a, it is so blatant. It is such a blatant buying of the votes that it, I do think it's illegal and it's immoral. What do you think? Well, it's beyond that. Eventually, it's extremely d- divisive to the base. This is what sets fringe, uh, fringe elements off on both sides. Not everyone is pleased with Joe's little Christmas in August stunt. Even the NAACP has said this is an insult to the black voters who showed up for you 90 percent because a lot of those folks had also taken out loans and they can't pay them back. What happens to the guy that took out just finished paying his loan back last week or the person has to take their loan out next uh, uh, next semester? Right. They get nothing. They get nothing. And how sad is that? And and I feel for because I told you, BJ, I remember I can I remember. Where I was standing when I literally signed and paid the last installment of my student loan, you know, and I remember like, you know, a lot of times, like a lot of college kids, like, how am I going to pay for it? I mean, I remember I had been like, it was like three jobs later, you know, I'm surprised I wasn't in a wheel, in a wheelchair in an old age home paying it off, you know, but, 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 and I remember being proud that I was able to pay it off, but I remember it was a lot of sweat and tears to get there. And just like you talk about it. Um, you know, my parents got a divorce. I've talked about it publicly, you know, it, you know, so, so it was tight times in my, in my home. And so we had to figure out how to make ends meet. And guess what? That was the way to do it. So it, it is outrageous. And I think it creates so much anger and animus with so many people who worked hard like you and me and millions upon millions of others. BJ, thank you very much. Let's go to Christopher in Vermont. Chris, your thoughts about, uh, as we're talking about this and also of course the FBI whistleblowers. Yes, yes. Um, you know, I, I absolutely agree with your caller, the, the, your, the guy who just got off the phone. I mean, my God, how many people have gone through all kinds of stress and privation and everything to pay back their loans, and then all of a sudden a magic wand is waved over these people simply to get them to vote, basically. But but no, my, my point was about the FBI whistleblowers who were saying, who are coming out now, thank God for them, and they're saying that they were told not to investigate the Hunter Biden laptop until after the 2022 election because it might have a political effect on it. So they're being told not to enforce the law because it might be have a political effect. Then there is no law. There's nothing. No, I agree. And yet here it is. You know, close to the midterm, that same standard didn't apply to President Trump. 
It didn't seem like they waited or had any issues with going in uh, right before the midterms, knowing that very likely President Trump was going to run uh, and likely will announce that he's going to run against President Biden. So it's such a it's horrible in and of itself on the Hunter Biden investigation. And it's even worse when you hear of the way they're rushing on the Trump investigation, so it seems. Chris, thanks so much. We're going to continue with your calls, everybody, after the break and also talk more about the student loan mess with Steve Moore. You're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. This is The Rita Cosby Show. And President Biden beefing up inflation, making us pay even more and more and more, announcing just a few hours ago something with a $300 billion price tag, waiving student loans on a good bunch of people. And guess what? A whole bunch of people not getting any kind of a pass. Doesn't sound fair to me, but here's the announcement. My campaign for president, I made a commitment. I made a commitment that would provide student debt relief, and I'm honoring that commitment today. Using the authority Congress granted the Department of Education, we will forgive $10,000 in outstanding federal student loans. And joining us now to discuss this is economist Steve Moore. He's a distinguished visiting fellow with the Heritage Foundation. He's also the host of a great show on our flagship station, WABC Radio. It is appropriately called More Money, and it's every Saturday at 1 p.m. Steve, great to have you here on the show. Great to be with you, Rita. By the way, I'm going to do two hours this Saturday, so tune in at at noon on Saturday, we're going to have two hours of more money because my bud li- buddy, Larry Cutlow, is uh, is taking a well-deserved vacation. But it's a great it's – it's the number one talk radio, uh, you know, um, station in the country. Well, I can't wait to listen then to all two hours of the yeah, great Steve Moore this great. weekend. And there's a lot to talk about, too. My goodness, when you listen to what the president said just a few hours ago, basically saying, OK, we're just going to, you know, relieve all this student debt yeah. um, with a price tag of three hundred billion dollars. Who's going to pay for this? You don't just erase debt and then suddenly nobody else has to pay for it. Yeah, look, I think this is just a reprehensible policy. I think it's unfair. I think it it rewards bad behavior. I think it puts our fiscal situation in much worse shape. I think it teaches bad lessons to young people that you don't have to pay back your debts. And it's it's unfair to the people who did pay back their loans. Um, You know, the, the people who worked hard and put money aside to do the honorable thing and pay back their loans. So I, I don't understand the logic of this. And I think that it's going to be uh, – by the way, Rita, how many people in the future do you think are ever going to re- repay their student loans if we write off all these loans? Yeah, it sends a very bad message, just like you said. <laughs> you and I also it. think – and there's anger, too, out there because, yes, there clearly he is coddling to a group and trying to get – I think it's all about politics. Obviously, we'll get to that in a moment, Steve Moore. But the other hand is what about all the people who did pay off their loan? I paid exactly. off a student loan, you know? Yeah, my wife did, too, and she she's so angry about this because it makes you feel like you're a chump, <laughs> you know, if you actually did the right thing. And, you know, look, I have a mortgage. The government's going to pay off my unpaid mortgage. What about you? Know, I got a pretty, pretty big uh, credit card debt. Maybe the government can pay that off for me. I mean, people, it, 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 it's a strike against 
individual responsibility. Now, there's another point here I want to make to you, um, Rita. The, I was just l- looking up these numbers uh, last night. The amount of um, the endowments by these massive universities, which are like businesses now, they're big business with massive endowments, $700 billion. <laughs> $700 billion in these endowments. The money has been never taxed. It just sits there, these like storehouses of wealth. Why do, Why is, should the taxpayers be on the hook for these college loans? Why not the universities themselves? That's a very interesting point. And, and the other reason is, too, is, you know, it's fascinating. Even the White House today, just a few hours ago, was sort of grilled because they claimed the so-called Inflation Reduction Act, which is a whole other topic, uh, would help the economy somehow. That's obviously up for debate. But now they clearly say that this $300 billion that they're basically relieving of debt um, will basically be, you know, somehow counter that. So they're even conceding yeah. that, that at the end of the day, it's a net loss. I mean, how does that yeah, help the American right. public right now? Yeah, so it's interesting, right, isn't it, that they didn't just stick this in? This is the reason they didn't put this in the bill in the first place is because they knew it would make the numbers go negative. And so uh, when you add this bill with that, whatever they call that, the I call it the inflation ac- acceleration, not <laughs> deceleration right. bill. Right, appropriately. Uh, you're, you're talking about, um, you know, hundreds of billions of dollars new debt. Uh, it will make inflation worse, and here's why. I was talking about this on Fox News earlier today. So the – um, if you follow what's happened over the last 35 years with college tuitions, every time we increase the student loans, what do you think the universities do? Increase their tuition. Tuition, exactly. It's like a do- so we have these programs have not made collegeable college more affordable. In a lot of ways, they've made college less affordable, especially for the people who aren't you know eligible for the loans. And so uh, now, if you tell the kids oh, by the way, you don't have to pay off the student loans. Now the incentive for these universities to raise, keep raising their tuitions year after year. Over the last 30 years, college tuitions have gone up three times faster than the price of everything else in the economy, the overall inflation rate. And so uh, I think this is going to make inflation and tuition worse. And we're getting very close to the day, Rita, mark my words, where you're going to see universities charging $100,000 a year. Not for four years, one year. Wow. Wow. And before I let you go, Steve Moore, um, what's interesting is the politics of this, because clearly, look at the timing. Yes. Here it is, yes. right before <laughs> the midterms. And it comes as President Biden has a very low approval rating yeah. amongst 18 to 21-year-old. Yeah. What a coincidence. <laughs> well, you're a very cynical, aren't you? <laughs> but uh, th- look, um, uh, I think that politics does play a part in this. It plays a part in everything that Washington does. But you know what I'm going to tell you something, Rita? I actually think they've got the politics reversed on this. I think this has made people, common sense people, uh, very agitated. And they are angry that now, you know, think about all the people who didn't go to college. You know, the the electrician, the cab driver, you know, the small businessman or woman. And now they got to pay more taxes to pay for the, pampered class who did go to college i mean so it's not fair i mean people went to college make you know more money than people who didn't so it's a kind of reverse robin hood so i think that this is going to backfire politically on the uh, on the biden administration i think people are going to see this as a cynical political ploy 
Yeah, and the timing is just so blatant, too. <laughs> Steve Moore, yeah. great to have you here. And by the way, everybody, make sure you listen to Steve this weekend on WABC Radio starting at noon, noon to 2 p.m. And, Steve, thank you very much for being here on the show. Thank you, Rita. And very interesting to get Steve's perspective because he certainly knows about it. Let's go to Norm, actually, on line one. Uh, Norm, your thoughts about this, the fact that they're suddenly, okay, he's not doing well with 18 to 21-year-olds, and now he's suddenly relinquishing their debt, and the rest of us who paid it off don't get any money back. I mean, you think that's fair, Norm? No, it's not fair, Rita. Now, I got some personal experience on this one. Uh, my own nephew graduated around 2015 from uh, Hampshire College. And, uh, and anyway, um, that's where they took the U.S. flag down, by the way. Anyway, at the time, I asked him <laughs> who he was going to vote for president. And his answer was whomever relieves them of the student loans. So, I mean, wow. this is less compassion on the students and more vote getter for Biden and the Dems because this, this is a big deal for those uh, 20-something-year-olds. And so, and by the way, know. Norm, I understand, too, you know, if you're a student, it's like, oh, God, if somebody said to me that they were going to save, you know, me for 10000 or those who have the Pell Grants get 20000 relieved, that's a huge deal. But that's just like uh, the people, remember the Obama voters and, and people who said, oh, I'm going to get a free phone, that's why I'm voting for Obama. I mean, where does it end? Does the next president, like, double it or triple it? I mean, this is buying the vote. We're going to continue after the break. Rita Cosby is on. The Rita Cosby Show presents Support Our Heroes. And in tonight's Support Our Heroes segment here on the Rita Cosby Show, where we get to shine a beautiful light, which I love doing on our military and their families. A really beautiful story. Coming from very beautiful Tahlequah, Oklahoma, where the Cherokee Nation honored three veterans with the Medal of Patriotism during a ceremony that took place with the Council of the Cherokee Nation just a little bit ago. Now, the honorees included Michael M. Smith, also Michael D. D. Reese, and Ms. Winifred Dudley, who is now, get this, 100 years old, and they were recognized by the Cherokee Nation, who acknowledged their service and tremendous sacrifice to their country. Dudley was born in 1922, and back in 1944, during the height of World War II, Winifred Dudley enlisted in the Women's Army Auxiliary Corps and later the Women's Army Corps, which officially granted military status to the women who volunteered for their service. And when she was recognized this week, she said, I just want to thank you for everything. My great-grandmother came over on the Trail of Tears, and my grandmother was born in a covered wagon in the middle of the Red River. She said, I'm thankful to be part of the Cherokee Nation, and this has been a great celebration tonight. How beautiful that they were honored in beautiful Tahlequah, Oklahoma, where I have friends. I love that area. And it is one of the most beautiful places in America. Well, we are also talking, by the way, about the border. And we're talking about student loan debt. There's a lot on the plate of this administration. And it's interesting because they're focused on trying to buy the votes with student loans, right, with relieving the debt. And yet they are still blatantly 
ignoring what's going on in our southern border. And I love the fact that in a new op-ed, Governor Abbott of Texas writes basically to Mayor Eric Adams of New York and says, basically, talk is cheap, buddy. You say that you're a sanctuary city. You're open to everybody. And now why are you complaining about the cost of migrants? Why are you looking to the federal government? If you really want to be a sanctuary city, then figure out a way to cover it. And talk is cheap. So we're going to keep sending you buses. It's really an interesting strategy, and it's gotten a lot of attention. And I say, by the way, bravo. I think it's the right move because guess what? Every town in America is basically now becoming a border town because they're being overrun. In Texas and Arizona, they've had now um, 5 million people, they believe, under Biden's tenure that have crossed. Those are not even the gotaways. At the end of his uh, this fiscal year, which is basically October, they believe they will have well over 5 million that will have crossed the border illegally. That is a stunning number. And this is what former New York Governor George Pataki has to say about Abbott sending all these buses that he says are going to keep on coming to New York and elsewhere. I think uh, Governor Abbott's doing what is exactly right, calling attention to the problem, showing the hypocrisy of cities like Washington and New York that are so open about how they love illegal immigrants until they actually show up. So uh, it's finally the chickens coming home to roost. We should be down in Washington every minute calling on the Biden administration to stop this inhumane uh, uh, policy. And also Brandon Judd, the border chief, also talked about the fact that this border is a disaster and that Adams and Muriel Bowser, the D.C. mayor, they're pointing the fingers in the wrong place. They should be looking at President Biden. What really frustrates us is when they talk about wanting the National Guard there in Washington, D.C., why isn't she talking about stopping this, this, this problem right there at the border? If we would control this issue right at the border, they wouldn't have to deal with it. But because the open border advocates don't want her to talk about that, she's only going to talk about her city. And that is extremely frustrating. And meantime, as we are facing with the border and the situation at the border, think about all the money that they have spent and all the efforts that they have used with border agents and their resources now. And in fact, if you talk to any of the folks who deal with the border, we had Tom Holman on the show last night and Tom was talking about how border agents are so frustrated. They're basically babysitters now. They're processors. They're not really like law enforcement because they're so busy processing everybody in and out and just dealing with them at these facilities, which is just such a mess. So they're spending money there. They're not blocking the border. Spend more money on more agents there. Secure the border. Then you wouldn't have to spend all the kind of money that they are talking about. And it wouldn't cause strains on New York or strains in D.C. and certainly wouldn't cause the strains on Texas and Arizona and every other state. It is nuts. And in the midst of all this, what are they doing? They are relieving student debt at a time right now where we are still certainly feeling inflation and at a time right now where many, many economic experts say, yeah, we are in a recession, even if the White House doesn't want to admit that we're in a recession. Many economists say, yeah, we are, that things are really, really tough. And they just passed this so-called Inflation Reduction Act. And now what does the president do? In the last few hours, he erases student debt. For 43 million borrowers. 
And, of course, most of them fall into that key demographic where he wants the votes, 18 to 21-year-olds who typically vote Democratic and who have not really felt good about this president like most of Americans. So talk about buying votes. And I also think it is completely illegal. It is over the top. And by the way, so many constitutional experts are saying the same thing. They're saying that this is going to get thrown out in court. But from a political standpoint, it basically makes Biden look good to the younger crowd. You just heard from Norm, who called in a little bit ago, and he said that his nephew said he's going to vote for whoever's going to eliminate his debt. What, you know, most students would say that, you know, whoever's going to get rid of my debt and who's ever going to save me some money, that's who I'm going to vote for. Well, it sounds like Biden just bought millions upon millions of votes and at a time where the economy really can't handle more money. Because guess what? If you relieve debt, you erase it. Suddenly, taxpayers are going to have to pay for it somewhere. So it's going to cost all of us a lot more money because we're trying to save somebody else to not have to pay for the student loans. I wish I had had that years ago. Boy, I would have been happy. So I say it's totally unfair. It's totally improper. And I think eventually it's going to get thrown out. And it's so obvious, by the way. I wanted to play this because this is Nancy Pelosi last year when she was asked about student debt. Take a listen to how she answered. Uh, This was just last year and then soon afterwards. It's really interesting because very different comments. Listen to what she said. She said back then that student debt erasing is not ethical. People think that the president of the United States has the power for debt forgiveness. He does not. He can postpone. He can delay. But he does not have that power. That That has to be an act of Congress. Well, we're excited about the president because we didn't know what um, what authority the president had to do this. And now clearly, it seems he has the authority to do this $10,000 uh, for those with debt, those making under $125,000 a year. Um, so we're optimistic about what might happen tomorrow. So now she's saying, bravo, isn't this great? Isn't it great? But before, oh, no, that's unethical. He doesn't have the power. And now today where they need the votes and they see that young people typically are not happy with this president, as are most Americans right now. And those are 18 to 21 year olds, typically Democrats, by the way, um, voting against this president, saying they don't approve of his job performance. Now, suddenly it's a great idea. So let's see what other votes we can buy. What do you think of that? Is there something unseemly about this process? 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Joan um, in Mount Sinai, uh, Line 7. Go ahead, Joan, your thoughts about this. Hi, Rita. Rita, first of all, how many uh, debts are there outstanding that these people never graduated? I'm thinking about my mechanic on his back who never went to college, who breaks his butt and he's going to have to help pay for this. I think about myself, a single mother with three kids. I made sure that two out of three got through school without school loan. And I thought that in my senior years, I'd be helping my son to save for college for my grandchildren. But guess what? I'm helping to save for parochial education because the public schools are worthless. They can't read and write, and they'll get promoted. So I have to go to parochial school or private education so that my grandchildren will get a basic education to move forward. 
And what you know what I'm hearing from you, Joan, I hear a lot of emotion in your voice. I feel the same way. It's like it's hard to get a good school, good education. You bust your butt to make it happen. And there are a lot of people who busted their butt and didn't have loans. And now they're not suddenly getting a $10,000 gift. It, it just it does not seem fair. I 1000% agree with you. Well, when we come back, everybody, it is a somber anniversary. It is the six-month anniversary of the Russia-Ukraine war. And we're going to talk to a company that's trying to make a big difference for the Ukrainian refugees. You're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. It's The Rita Cosby Show. And things are very much heating up still in Ukraine. Uh, A few hours ago, Russian forces striking a train station, also an attack on a shopping mall. Things are still extremely difficult over there. And this is the former leader of Ukraine, Petro Poroshenko, talking about how important it is for Ukraine to continue this fight for survival and freedom, not just for themselves, but also for their neighbors. We just want that you invest in your own security, because if we do not stop Putin here in Ukraine, we should stop Putin somewhere in Poland, in the Baltic states, in Alaska, and who knows where it would be his crazy idea for the next year. And as it's Ukraine's Independence Day, and sadly the six-month anniversary of the war, Many companies are doing what they can to help the millions of Ukrainians affected by the devastating crisis. And joining us now on the Rita Cosby Show to discuss this is Darren Minton, the CEO of Smart for Life, a top nutraceutical company that is giving back in a big way. Darren, great to have you here on the show. Thank you, Rita. Thank you for having us today. You know, your company recently provided uh, thousands upon thousands of meal replacement bars to those affected by the war. That is really a big key item. Uh, Tell us about that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so, you know, as the war was uh, first starting to rage back in February of this year, you know, we, you know, saw it on TV like everyone else in their their homes. It was on nonstop, and we wanted to help as much as we could. And we're not a big defense contractor or anything like that. But we decided, you know, our company designs and and makes protein bars and and supplements uh, across the U.S. and decided to, you know, cob up as many bars as we could. They're full meal replacements, so it's a high degree of protein and carbs and fats um, that doesn't need to be heated at all, which is great. In fact, one of our contract manufacturing clients called Battle Bars, uh, which is made by um, uh, vets from Iraq and Afghanistan, we make bars for them as well. So it's a great bar. We decided to uh, work with all of our partners. Uh, we got 100,000 um, bars, um, meal replacements, and we were able to ship them to Ukraine to help out not only with the war effort, but also people at that time, at the beginning of the war, fleeing the country and, and going into Poland. Why was this so important and, and special to you to get involved? Well, I think it's you know something that's important when you see something that affects you on an emotional level. It affected a lot of the people at our company. We actually have some employees from Ukraine as well. And when you see that sort of devastation and people um, fighting not only for their lives, but their freedom, their family, their children, you see mothers and children uh, fleeing the country. 
um, and also standing up. You know, I think that was the most courageous and, um, you know, amazing part of the entire war effort is you have this David and Goliath situation, you know, this small country going up against Russia, and, you know, they're fighting back. You know, they're actually not taking no for an answer. Um, they're going into the streets. They're, you know, standing up against the tanks. And, you know, you just want to do everything you can to help out those people that are so courageous. And it kind of reminds you of what America was when we were founded. Same sort of thing, you know, us going against the British. So we um, we did everything we could, um, got a lot of those bars over to the country. And, you know, I think that helps, you know, for people that you know, may have been on their last meal trying to get to Poland, you know, that sort of thing can definitely help people in a time of need. And for us, it was something that we could do um, that was, you know, part of our business. We're making these things every day. Absolutely. How beautiful. And we've all seen those images of literally millions upon millions pouring into Poland and elsewhere. But uh, Poland's been incredible. How complex was it to actually get the bars over to where, you know, the refugees and others would get it? No, it's true. Yeah, there, there's an interesting logistics. For us, the making of the bars is simple. We do that all the time. Um, but the actual process of getting it into uh, the country was difficult. You know, it's something where a lot of the logistics, you know, some of our partners will take care of in the U.S. Uh, so we got involved with some of the local governments here. Miami-Dade uh, County helped out a little bit, too, um, with getting 20 pallets. It was about six metric tons of these protein bars and meal replacements. Um, to the Miami National Airport, where it then flew via cargo plane to uh, Warsaw, Poland. Uh, from there, uh, some of the bars were actually utilized for people trying to cross into the country, and then some pallets uh, ended up getting uh, to Kiev back when the city was under siege. So, you know, it's a big journey. You know, obviously, it would be nice if we were able to kind of go along for the ride and actually see them being dispersed, but at that time especially, it was not exactly a safe place to be uh, for anyone, obviously. But I'm glad it got to folks and you know, at least was helpful helpful to people in their lives as they kind of try to either make a new life or, you know, fight on the border. Thousand percent. And you know, it put a huge smile on their face to let them know that people cared so many uh, thousands upon miles away. This isn't the first time your company's kind of helped in crisis. Um, Your company helped sort of fill in the gap during the baby formula shortage too, right? Oh, that's true. You know, it's not uh, that's not even our brand, but it's something where it's a it's a great brand. Actually, people should check it out. It's it's called Milk Dust, actually created by a woman, um, Kitty Pickett is her name in uh, South Florida, and uh, she had a um, issues with her babies um, lactating uh, when she was going through uh, her four kids, and we were able to work. Our company's founder, uh, Dr. Sasan Bulavi, was able to work with her and develop a formula that helped her out. Um, it was something where she wasn't even trying to make a business plan out of it, but ended up, you know, getting a lot of outreach from local community members wanting to know um, about how she was able to kind of help herself with the problem. Uh, she branded it as Milk Dust, and now we're actually helping her ramp up production. Um, it's not a baby formula replacement, but obviously it does help mothers that uh, do choose to lactate um, or help breastfeed uh, their young children. Um, so that's something that we're we're helping out uh, her company and her brand. Uh, continue to expand as it kind of tries to meet that demand. There's a lot of things nowadays uh, that are changing constantly, so we try to help out wherever we can and whatever sectors we can um, in that sort of niche with both food products as well as uh, meal replacements, um, you know, other protein uh, enhancements for both mothers, children, and families. And by the way, uh, that sector where you're at in health and wellness, it is booming. 
Uh, what's your sense of where the economy's going? Um, I was seeing some number where it's like a 171% increase of Amazon sales over a year-to-year basis. I mean, that's a staggering amount. Why is it because of post-COVID or just sort of different habits or or people looking to just really focus on health and wellness now? Yeah, I think it's all the above, Rita. I think it's something where, you know, during COVID especially, um, people, you know, were not in control of a certain aspect of their life that uh, was threatening for a lot of people. You know, before the vaccine was available, people had no control over this virus that was ravaging the country and around the world. And you see cities going on lockdown. And so I think it put health and wellness at the top of everyone's mind. Um, Now, obviously, the vaccine's available. Things have changed a little bit. But I think that mindset of people wanting to be more in control of their bodies and their families um, and helping out in that respect, I think, is is something that's here to stay. So I think that's, you know, at least a positive aspect or result of COVID. Obviously, there are a lot of negativities and many folks that uh, ended up not making it through the, the pandemic. But I do think that that's a positive change for society. I think that that's something that uh, will stay with us for a while. And also just a general trend, not even just related to COVID itself, but people compared to the 80s or 90s are taking much more control over their destiny. You know, it's no longer um, acceptable for someone to go into a grocery store and see a box of cereal with a bunch of cartoon characters on it that's full of sugar and say, oh, great, this is made by a big multi-billion dollar company. Let me just give this to my kids. You know, people now analyze labels. They want to know what's going into their bodies, what's going into their children's bodies, and people are taking ownership of that. Um, even when they go to the doctor, you know, sometimes you know more than your doctor does just because you're investigating the ailment that affects you. So people are really taking ownership of their life, taking ownership of their health, and I think that's a good thing. Yeah, it absolutely is. And speaking of good things, bravo for all you're doing, um, and especially what you did to help those with the uh, Ukrainian crisis. It is really just devastating to see these images, but to know that you're making a difference, and obviously your colleagues, too. It's really, really beautiful. Uh, Darren Minton, great to have you here, the CEO of Smart for Life. Wonderful to have you here on the Rita Cosby Show. Thank you, Rita. Thanks for having us. How neat to see him giving back and his company giving back in a big way. Um, By the way, also, everybody, I am going to be a part of the Tunnels to Towers Walk Run. It's in New York City. It's on September 25th. Go on online to walk.ritacosbyonline.com and donate to my team. All the proceeds go to Tunnels to Towers, which does incredible work, as you know, supporting America's heroes. And it also helps remember those lost on 9-11 as we retrace FDNY firefighter Stephen Siller's final footsteps. We do it together. Donate, please. Walk.RitaCosbyOnline.com. And it goes to the Tunnels to Towers. What a great, great organization. And by the way, tomorrow also on the show, we're going to have whatever the latest is from the judge and the decisions in the court in the Trump raid affidavit case, because some of it may be coming out as early as tomorrow. And, of course, whatever does come out or why they put something out or don't, we'll have all the latest here on the show. In the meantime, let's go to Alita in Teaneck, New Jersey. Alita, go ahead. How are you? Very well. Thank you. Rita, your show is absolutely wonderful. You're a great teacher of civics. Thank you very much. And, Olena, I have the best callers in the world, which is why it is the best show. So. Thank you. We're with you. Rita, I just wanted to share a thought. I believe that Trump 
is really being abused as a United States citizen. Yeah, I agree, too. Why? Because you feel his rights. I mean, if you think about and I've tried to highlight tonight, Alina, the different standards. I mean, don't you see it's like night and day. They're burying intentionally the Hunter Biden, according to these whistleblowers, and they can't wait to raid Trump. That doesn't smell very well, Olena. No, no. Um, any other United States citizen may not be abused like this. No, right? you're, you're right. It sends a message because you know what? If it can happen to President Trump, Olena, you're right. It could happen to anybody. And let's see what happens in the court. Unfortunately, we have a heartbreak. Call back tomorrow, Alina, and everybody. We'll talk to you tomorrow night. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.